1: You're listening to Just Some Podcasts, and here's your hosts, Ben and Tom.
0: Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to another fun-filled and exciting episode of Just Some Podcasts for Advanced Practitioners. This is Tom.
1: Hey, this is Ben.
0: And we are going to be bringing you guys another uh, semi-special episode. We're basically just calling this the Bull Session, where... We're going to talk about fun stuff that's happened that we were just, you know, me and Ben banter back and forth when we text or something like that. And we thought for Thanksgiving is a pretty laid back time of the year or people should be enjoying themselves. So we thought we would just tell some stories and just have fun with this episode. I think Ben got the idea from this somewhere, though.
1: Yeah, I did. um, Listen to a new podcast. Well, I guess it's new to me podcast. It's called Antidotes, Stories in Medicine. Uh, they they're on Twitter at Antidotes Pod also. But uh, they'd reached out to me and so I gave their show a listen to, and it's basically uh a nurse practitioner who was a former paramedic and she has guests on and they just kind of relived old stories kinda like and uh talked to Tom and I'm like, you know what? It's the uh Thanksgiving week. We're recording this, you know, before Thanksgiving. Tom and I, you know, for those who don't know us, we're, we're, you know, kind of big guys, and uh, we have to prepare for the uh, Thanksgiving feast that will be upon us soon, so we kind of want to make this an easier episode.
0: Yeah, I uh, I like to look in the uh, women's maternity section of clothing stores or sweatpants with no drawstrings in them to prepare for Thanksgiving. It's a, it's a fun tradition for me. So you gotta have the stretchy pants, you
1: know, it just that and the uh tryptophan and the turkey and little nap watching some dallas Cowboys football oh yeah it's gonna be great
0: so i would watch more dallas cowboys football but like you guys had an all-pro kicker and then you got rid of him. how how's that going for you
1: well uh ezekiel elliott ran really good today i mean i can tell you that
0: (laughs) hey ezekiel elliott uh former buckeye always happy to hear that he did well I just uh, clearly we're not professional coaches I just go let me get this straight you have an all-pro kicker that you got rid of for
1: for somebody who was un yeah
0: exactly
1: he uh, you know he made a good 50 yarder today but then he uh, shanked an extra point so uh, this.
0: well what you do is you get Dan Bailey back that's what you do.
1: hashtag bring dan bailey back
0: yes exactly (laughs) um so just just to give everybody an idea of what's happening though it's it's going to be hopefully just a fun-filled episode talking about some stuff that we've been through and what i'm actually hoping and i think ben's probably in the same boat as me on this one is first of all we'll probably do something like this again hopefully soon if this works out well i hope we do another one soon but we want your stories as well like you don't necessarily need to be on the show with us or maybe you can be but we want to hear from you we hear your stories and see what we're doing as a community
1: yeah and of course if you're sending stories into us obviously you don't want to violate any type of HIPAA rules or regulations Tom and I are also not going to violate any HIPAA rules so anything that we talk about as we talked about in previous episodes we will probably change some of the identifying as far as age sex things of that nature just to Ensure that there's no concerns for identifiable patients.
0: Well, and speaking of identifying patients, that sounds a lot like social media, Ben.
1: It almost rhymes, I guess. But if you want to reach out to us and join the conversation, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at Just Some Podcast. Or you can find us on the website, com, and you can email us email us those stories, admin at just on podcast.com. Tom, how else can they help out the show?
0: Well, they can do a variety of different things. Uh, they can use the Amazon affiliate link when they are purchasing all the stuff on, uh, black Friday or cyber Monday, make sure that they click on that affiliate link while they are making their purchases and it'll help out the show.
1: I, uh, actually had the opportunity to use that myself, uh, this week. I, uh, and playing the Grinch for a local children's museum. And so I had to get a new mask and use the link, clicked on it, ordered my mask and super quick and easy. Didn't cost me anything extra.
0: Well, that's good to know. And the last thing I'd say, and I think we've said this before, but maybe it's something else we can make sure that everybody is aware of. If you are following us on any of our social media, Hey, shout us out, tag us in something, you know, uh, What's the word I'm thinking of? Forward, post it, whatever. Just get the word out while you're already on the social media about how to uh, listen to us.
1: That's right. Or you can give us some ratings also on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you are listening to this podcast right this second. Pause it. Give us the five-star rating. Okay, now that you're back, continue listening.
0: Yeah, I don't want any 4 and a halfs here, people. I want a full five. And uh, on that vein, there are some, actually, our last episode must have hit a bunch of bases because we actually had several uh, people tag us or shout out to us. That included the AANP, uh, Pennsylvania State University's nursing school, and who else, Ben?
1: It was actually my alma mater, uh, Pittsburgh State University. They gave us a shout out on the podcast as well, which... I greatly appreciated, and uh, I can tell you that our last post about our last episode, I think, like, almost – we're up to, like, almost 15,000 people on Facebook have seen that. So that's getting shared bigly, and uh, we really – It's
0: huge. Huge. It's huge. I can't – I got to be honest, Ben. I mean, it seems like every week we're growing, and, I mean, that's what we want. I just was – honestly shocked um, when Facebook was updating us, like, hey, 230 people today saw your page or liked it or, you know, shared something that you posted. And I was like, holy cow. And that's happening pretty much every day for like a week now. So I'm like, holy cow, that's a lot of people.
1: Yeah, we you know, we were almost viral enough to need a pack
0: oh, Wow. <laughs> and if you are listening, you should know z-packs are not uh, appropriate for the viruses unless the person's like 70 and they're demanding an antibiotic just get them out of your office just be that provider for that minute and just go you know what you want it you got it sure move on with your day it's it's that easy it's almost as easy as our amazon affiliate link
1: almost as easy but not quite i mean i think our link's a little bit easier But I know that you actually uh, come out with some interesting stories that you were telling me about before we uh, started recording. So what do we got under stories that you may have missed?
0: This week, two, and I'm telling you about the first one because I'm telling, I I would assume that people are going to want to know about this more or they're going to show up in your office. In uh, New Jersey, a nursing rehab facility, apparently that specializes in pediatrics, Eleven children have died so far of the adenovirus in uh, Wanakee or Haskell, New Jersey. I don't know exactly which one. When I was reading the story, we're going to put the link on the website. But so far, eleven children so far have died.
1: Yeah, you know, we kind of laugh and joke about viruses and Z packs and you know stuff like that because that's what we do. But this is really a horrible, horrible story and. The bad part is it's adenovirus, and so there's not a lot other than supportive, you know, or as I chart in my notes with these patients, symptomatic and supportive care. You know, it's just based trying to let it run its course, and unfortunately, it sounds like these kids may already have some other issues going on if they're in a rehab center uh, or rehabilitation center, and so uh, maybe hitting them harder there.
0: Yeah, the New Jersey Department of Health, that's one of the things that they were basically trying to point out to the public. I don't want to say point out, but that they were definitely including was that these were people with already previously uh, compromised immune systems. And they were more susceptible to the adenovirus and the worst case scenario. So just be prepared for when your patients are coming in, if they have read about this or they want to know more about the adenovirus, I'm just saying, you're probably going to get some questions. And so, the second one is also not funny, <laughs> but.
1: Yet you're laughing.
0: Well, I'm not laughing. I mean, I feel terrible. So, a guy in Australia was killed by a stingray, according to BBC World News. And I just keep thinking it, everyone keeps saying, but these are not dangerous animals. Apparently, if you're Australian, these things must be deadly. Because this thing poked him, they think, in the abdomen. Like, this is the same type of animal that killed uh, Crocodile Hunter, yeah. Steve Irwin. I understood his. It went into his heart. That's a that's a tough injury to overcome. But this was a poke in the stomach, and he ended up going to cardiac arrest. So either A, they're super dangerous to Australians, or B, uh, they're lying to us about how dangerous stingrays are. <laughs> I can't figure out which one it is, but it's bad either way.
1: I think we've had like one or two downloads in Australia since we started the show. So maybe, Tom, maybe you just saved an Australian's life.
0: You know, I always have wanted to visit Australia. Me too. I'll tell you you right now, though, when you see the list of shit that will kill you, if you go to Australia, it fixed me real quick. Because my biggest fear in the world is spiders, and they have a thing called down there uh, the Funnel Web Spider. Have you heard of this thing before?
1: I think I've seen a uh, social media post about it, yeah.
0: Well, the funnel web spider is one of the few spiders in the world. Um, you know how they're always like, oh, it's more afraid of you than you are of it? Bullshit. The, <laughs> funnel, web sp- the funnel web spider is known to chase people through their house. And it's got fangs the size of thumbtacks that can go through shoe leather. So go fuck yourself <laughs> if you are out there dealing with funnel web spiders. I'm serious. <laughs> like... I about piss my pants with daddy long legs. If a funnel, I would literally burn my house down and leave the country. If I was an Australian anywhere near where they have funnel. And that's just one, that's just spiders that come into your house. Like people have to zip lock their shoes so they don't get bit by these damn things. Like
1: now uh, you're, you're telling a spider story. I know we've not gotten into the, uh, the stories that we're going to tell you, but um, I believe that you have a spider story that needs told that involved uh, driving at high speeds.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, okay. So I was going to plan on just doing medical anecdotes, but I guess we can go ahead and throw this one out here. So, stories. okay, well, that's fine. Um, and my wife, when she listens to this later, she's going to get a crack out of this one. Oh, she's going to crack up. It's going to be funny. Um, so went to visit my, my, both my parents are military. They were stationed at Rock Island and we drove up there, visited, them, had a great time. And my parents were like, Hey, let's go out to eat. So we go out to eat, blah, blah, blah. And we're driving back. Now it's dark driving down this highway. I don't really know where the hell I'm going, but it's, you know, it's got the large lights along the highway so I can see out. And <laughs> all of a sudden I see a spider running across the top of my windshield and everybody in the car is just like jibber jabber. And they've had a few drinks. Everyone's having a great time. And usually I cry for my wife and she (laughs) reaches up and she smacks the spider. and kills it for me, which I clearly couldn't do. Plus I'm going 70 miles an hour down this highway. I'm like, uh Oh, think fast, Tom, take action. And it stopped. And I was like, Oh, this thing, a bitch is going to drop on me and we're going to die in a wreck. Like, so I reach up and I hit the spider and then my windshield shattered. Uh, so, oh, Yeah, um, yeah uh, let me tell you, instantaneously, everybody in the car then knew something had happened. And instead of being cool, it'd be like, oh, a rock must have hit it or something, right? Like, right oh, my God. Yeah, a rock hit it or something. Well, that would have been great, except for... The next day, like when I took the car to get, uh, by the way, shout out to Safe Light. You guys are awesome. Uh, When I took the car to Safe Light to get it fixed, the spider was still uh, crushed into the impact spot on the inside of the car. So that would have been a little hard for me to explain away. But I would like to point out that when everybody was like, oh my God, did you just break the windshield? I tried to remind them, hey, the important part is I killed the spider. Okay, spider is dead. So yeah, the um, spider was so,
1: effectively dead. It sounded like yeah.
0: So if if there's any doubt whatsoever that I have a fear of spider, I will willingly try and wreck a car <laughs> while, while, while I'm driving. Yeah, so so they gotta have all that high speed evasive maneuver training so I could keep a, a hold of the wheel. But, yeah, I – oh so, yeah, going to Australia, that's not going to happen. So, yeah, amongst the many other things. So, Ben, um, and for our listeners, I want you to know, like, we talk for a few minutes and we prep, just kind of go over what we're going to talk about, blah, blah, blah. I didn't tell Ben about this. I wanted to throw this mm-hmm. little surprise out to him. Mm-hmm. I was thinking tonight, since we're since we're talking about, you know, just stories and stuff, I want to hear – I want you to confess to something that's weird to you, Ben. And and I don't want so people that don't know Ben, Ben Ben's a great guy. He he legitimately is a great guy. I don't want to hear like, oh, you're working on stem cell research to cure pediatric cancer. No, no. I want to hear one of those things that I mean, I want too bad, but I want some kind of insider information, something that you are embarrassed about. So I'll go first so you understand what I'm talking about. So Your already wasn't
1: embarrassing enough I and mean, when you
0: Oh, shit. I, I'll tell anybody anything. I don't give a shit. Um, but tonight I was thinking about this because we record on Sundays. So to get ready for the work week, you know, we get everything ready, or at least I do at my house. And I shave my head. And I was shaving my head. And I take a bubble bath. Right? So I love goddamn bath bombs. All right? (laughs) Jesus Christ, I love those things. I don't know what magic is going into these things. But I'm like, hmm, cherry lavender bath bomb? I fucking think so. Bam! And I kicked up my tub a notch, okay? So I was just cracking myself up thinking about this while I was in the tub. And I was like, I wonder what shit Ben doesn't want people to know. So what is it, Ben? Like, you don't have to tell everything. I'm just saying, like, mine... For for this is uh, bath bombs. I fucking <laughs> love bath bombs.
1: Well, I, uh, since I threw you under the bus, metaphorically speaking, with the spider story, I uh, I will tell you. And you may have already heard this one. I don't know the story that my family, my mother, and everybody loves for me to retell at every freaking family function ever. So when my mother listens to this later, she'll at least... You know what? It's out there now. It, it, Tom, hashtag underwater whistle. You, you've heard the underwater whistle story, haven't you?
0: Uh, It's not ringing a bell to oh. me right now.
1: Of course not. So this was back when I was very young, dumb, and naive. I'm going to preface it with that because it makes it sound better. Um, I was an assistant manager of a local convenience store one of the police officers come in, and I'm, you know, talking shit to him like I normally did. And he had his keys on his belt and had a little whistle on his keys. And I said, well, that's a pretty nice whistle you got there. And he's like, well, this is a underwater whistle. I said, really? And he said, yeah. He says, I'm on the dive team. And he says, so we all carry these whistles. And if, uh, that way if we're on a dive and we get, uh, you're already shaking your head. I can see it. I know. Um, he said, you know, if you, uh, if we get trapped or something happens, we can blow this whistle and they can come find us. Well, yeah, you know, hook line sinker had me hooked. I'm like, really? I want to try it. And he says, okay. So he hands me the whistle. So I go get a five gallon bucket of water and uh, I'm at work in my work clothes, put it on the counter. I stick my head in the bucket. And I blow the whistle as hard as I can. I come back up, and everybody's just straight face looking at me. And they said, "I said, did you hear it?" He said, "No." He said, "Maybe, maybe you need to blow it harder." Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I put my head back in the bucket a second time. And I blow the whistle as hard as I can. I come back up. Did you hear it? He said, "No." <laughs> uh, he said, "Maybe." Maybe you're just not deep enough in the bucket. So I crawl up on the counter in my work clothes, shoving my head into a five-gallon bucket. And so I get it as low as I can. I, I mean, I get down to the very bottom of the bucket, and I'm blowing the whistle as hard as I can. I come back up, and there's a crowd forming around me now because, well, why wouldn't it? And I come back up, and everybody is just laughing their ass off, to which point that I realized... There was no such thing as an underwater whistle.
0: <laughs> yeah. I I wish people could see the look we are giving each other right now. <laughs> oh, Ben. Oh, Ben, Ben, Ben. Uh, now, <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> okay. So, how, you were young. Yeah, I was like it 19, ne- 20. It didn't... Ne- it didn't occur to you at any point. Had you ever talked to this guy before? It was like he had known Jokester?
1: Um, somewhat, but not really. Um, and that's probably what... You know, hook, line, sinker.
0: Wow. Uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> not, not my best moment, but uh, it's the one that my, my family loves to hear me retell a story. And so you know what? It's now out there for the entire world that I was a dumbass at one point and tried to blow an underwater whistle <sighs> my my parents actually gave wow, me a whistle for graduation because they thought it was funny as hell
0: well because it is funny as hell <laughs> yeah. I just it's just I I only wish I had been there for this at, and here's my other thing so it was a convenience store you said yes yes how many people got free candy bars that day while you were busy sticking your head in a bucket?
1: Well, luckily I, I wasn't super busy, and uh, I don't think anybody was stealing anything because they were all watching the dumbass stick oh. in the
0: bucket. Wow. Yeah. Ben, uh, yeah, well, I'll be texting you more about this story yeah. here
1: for shortly. I can't We've I mean, I mean, been friends for 20 years. I thought you knew this one. kind of surprised you didn't.
0: You know I, I will tell you right now, No, it it doesn't ring a bell. Sam, Kyle, no. I'm getting a bunch of head shakes on this one, Chucko. I think uh, you've done an excellent job of keeping that from me. I mean, we all have stories that we don't tell people on purpose. But yeah, I think think there's probably a good reason why you subconsciously never wanted me to know that.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a long rest of my life now, is
0: Oh, oh yeah, I'm not going to let that die. So, while I'm having fun with these stories and I really am, I think since it's a medical podcast, oh, yeah. I'm sure we have some yeah. We have some medical stories. Maybe
1: we should get into those, do you think? No, nah,
0: I I mean, I don't care. I'm doing this for fun. If there's some guy in Brazil right now banging his head against a table because he doesn't like this podcast, that that's not going to do me anything. So, like I said, we we have my mom and your mom listening and a uh, couple, couple other people, but other than that, I mean.
1: <sighs> well, let's get into some medical anecdotes. I'll, I'll go first, Tom. So, I had a uh, female patient come in, and she was an athlete, and it's somewhat rare to get a dislocated elbow. Like we don't, you don't see a whole lot of those. And so, she had a dislocated elbow. So. This was right around the time that we first started using, like, Atomidate, and my dumb ass was bragging about this wonderful medicine to the paramedics and everybody, like, this medicine's great, we give it six-minute half-life, we can reduce everything we need to reduce. They're back up mid-conversation, like, I mean, the other times we've used it, you know, the lady's like, oh, yeah, I was riding my horse, and the horse's name, is, and just didn't miss a beat. So we give it to her. Now... Tom, you know, where you keep your resources in your back pocket, I keep them in my front pocket because of pickpockets. Um,
0: vital, vital importance there. Yeah,
1: Atomidate is 0.3 milligrams per kilogram. We use 0.1 milligrams per kilogram, which basically. Not full effect. It basically intoxicated her. And so the paramedic girl standing around watching this because I was bragging about how great this medicine is. We, uh, I go out of the room and I'm like, okay, she's still not asleep. What the hell's going on here? We, uh, you know, I apparently, while I was gone to go drop more Atomidate because this stuff you burn through it quick. I mean, it's a six minute half life. She said, Hey, you guys want to hear a pickup line? I would, this was unbeknownst to me. So I go walking back into the room, and the first words out of her mouth are, you must be a parking ticket, because you got fine written all over you. And I was like, "Eh?" (laughs) huh? She then proceeded to spout off four or five more. The orthopod that we had to call in to reduce the elbow, now again, she's still not asleep, but she's good and drunk, basically. She asked him, so do you like strawberry or blueberry waffles? And he kind of looked at her and He's like, um, I guess strawberry. And he's very straight laced and serious. And she's like, okay, I just wanted to know what I need to make in the morning. To which point he's like, put her the fuck to sleep now. <laughs> like we're done with this. <laughs> we call her an anesthesia. They give her propofol. She goes to sleep. We reduce her elbow. Everything's well and good. Okay. 18 months later, working in the ER. Guy comes in. We got a girl with him. He's the patient. Don't think too much about it. She comes up to me and she's like, do you remember me? And I'm like, no. And she's like, parking ticket? Fine. And I was like, oh, damn. Yeah, yeah. Remember you now. So, Atomidate, Tom, 0.3 milligrams per kilogram. Remember that.
0: (laughs) I I will keep that in mind at all times. I will say, and I think um, it's a different perspective in the ER for men and women because – all the time, females, and, and I feel bad for them. I I, I try and go out my way to make sure this doesn't happen, but stuff will happen. Apparently, uh, guys are always hitting on the female staff members or trying to touch certain body parts. Um, where I live at now, we use a lot of paramedics in the emergency room to help, and this one paramedic. <laughs> was uh, touched inappropriately and she totally like she wasn't happy about it but she blew it off like well you know that happens during the work week and i'm like nobody ever reaches up and just grabs me by the crotch and is <laughs> like hey how you doing like it just doesn't happen but i will tell you literally 30 minutes after i said that to her very drunk or very high i i'm going with drunk but belligerent female to everybody, and I walk in the room. I'm like, okay, well, we're we're gonna do what we have to do now. And she totally was trying to bite me, but she's uh, laying down on the cot. Yeah, so she she basically at one point actually snagged my zipper <laughs> on my uh, my scrubs, and I was like, did you see that? I was so happy because I was like, look at that. Somebody finally flirted with Tom. It was an amazing day for me. I was like, you guys get this all the time? Like, oh, my God, it's so exciting. It was great for me. Now, one of my – it turned out well, so I guess it's one of my favorite stories. But it was before I was a nurse. Um, It does involve the ER eventually, but it was when I was a police officer. And not just a police officer, but rookie police officer. I was still with a training officer and I don't even think I'd been, as a matter of fact, I know I hadn't been through any sort of CPR training or anything else. That was all slated for later, and we get a call, or we hear the call for paramedics, and my training officer was like, hey, we're not doing a lot. Let's go see what's going on. All right, so we get to this place, and it's in this large apartment building. We go up, and we walk in, and the patient's uh, son or grandson opens the door and he's like yeah I, I just don't think something I just think something's wrong so we walk in and the person is slumped over drool coming out of their face that's
1: a problem Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, brand new rookie police officer, again, not politically correct. I just remember looking over at my field training officer, and I was like, I'm not a fucking paramedic, but that looks fucked up. Like, something's wrong, right? So uh, we go over, and he reaches down, and he looks at a pulse, I distinctly remember all of it. He reaches, and he's feeling for a pulse, he looks at me, he just shakes his head no. And I'm like, oh, shit. So I don't know why. I felt obliged. So I'm looking for a pulse, and I'm like, uh, no, I don't feel anything either. So we put him on the floor. And we start doing CPR. Now, remember, I had not been through any training, and I'm a young man. And nobody had told me what happens when you do CPR the first time. Crunch, crunch, crunch. Yeah, I, I tried to tell people later on, it sounded like someone took an atomic fireball, put it on the floor, and stepped on it while it was still in the wrapper. I mean, it was this ungodly noise. And I'm like, oh, my God. So this, he's doing the CPR of the chest. I have, uh, I'm doing breathing. And all I can remember is that the guy had been watching MASH. And I remember that, like, what I was watching on the television screen to this day. Like, I knew everything about that episode. I was basically watching MASH. I was trying to do anything to calm my brain down about what I was doing, other than the fact I was breathing into a dead dude's mouth and listening to his chest turn into mush while we waited for the paramedics to get there.
1: So, did you guys have, like, obviously not BBMs, but did you have, like, the pocket mask or anything? Or were you.
0: Well. Well, we did have pocket masks, except for the call didn't come out with anything we thought we were going to be doing CPR, so we didn't bring, this is back in the day when we just had like the one big hard pocket mask, they didn't have like that little super fold up one you could put in your glove pouch, and so we were up there with no mask, and since I'm the dumb rookie, and the FTO is doing CPR, I was a... I was like, I got to save this dude's life, right? So I put my face on his face. And now, knowing what I know now, that was so fucking stupid. Like, oh my god. Like, do you know what could have happened? Ugh, oh, good. Yeah. It was terrible.
1: I mean, not not, not even looking at, like, the, the communicable diseases, but, I mean, even just... Vomit. Yeah, that's what, that's what that's. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that would be so bad. You're like, here's a breath. Like, uh, uh, yeah. mm mm-hmm.
0: Uh, yeah, well, uh, to make a good story, uh, or make a long story short, we did actually bring him back. We did get uh, respirations and everything else, and it the story ended well. But it still was a oh, like I just I, I literally remember we had to stop at uh, a Walmart so I could get a bo- I had a bottle of Listerine the rest of the night. I just was <laughs> like. Bleh. Like, every 30 minutes, like, washing my mouth out. It was it was both awesome, like, I felt on top of the world, but I could not get the... I was like, I kissed a dead dude. Like, what? I had to get that out of my fucking head. So there was that. I. Uh, it was a great time. I, I I. loved being a cop. I loved some of the things that happened as a cop, and that was definitely one of the better stories that is appropriate nowadays to be able to talk about.
1: Well, I think of two things with that, Tom. Number one, look how far you've come from... Dumb rookie cop doing CPR without any training, to board certified nurse practitioner, all kinds of certifications, ACLS, BLS, everything. So that's kind of cool. Number two,
0: it is, and oh god.
1: The number two is that you're obviously different than Katy Perry because you kissed a dead dude and didn't like it. <laughs>
0: yeah yeah that uh ugh, I'm so glad that song wasn't out um for people that don't know police officers uh especially with other police officers being crass and joking on each other is a consist or a constant you- you're good it's gonna happen so if that song had been very popular at that point in time oh yeah I probably would have yeah. never yeah I would have never heard the end of it but I will say you are you're correct in where I started as a police officer and then I was always out at an ER or something like that in one way or another, that is kind of how I ended up into nursing. Like, there's a much longer story that goes into the back of it, but that's that constant back and forth and getting to know the people that work in the ER is kind of what got me interested in nursing. So you're right. I mean, there was that. I will tell you a second thing, and I would... If, there, if we have any new nurses or new nurse practitioners that are working in the ERs, one of the things I always try to tell new ER nurses uh, when I was training them or something is when you have a code or a trauma, you got a priority one or something like that, relax. You're already in the damn hospital. <laughs> like the equipment and the staff are here, they're bringing them to you. You know, I first couple medical stuff I went. I was a police officer with no training, no equipment, very often by myself. Trust me, that is a shit situation. <laughs> like, there's, there's not a lot to do. I don't have any training on how to do it. And I have a whole bunch of family members staring at you, expecting you to save this dude's life. Like, that is a shit situation. When you're in the hospital, I mean, I get the adrenaline rush and I understand the importance, but chill out. Like, you're already there.
1: Well, speaking of shitty situations, I was an ER nurse, and it was like four or five in the morning, and at the ER that we, I worked at, it was still a relatively small ER, and so we didn't have a large staffing. I mean, there were times that, uh, I mean, hell, I can remember when the physician would be able to go back and sleep for two or three hours in a night, because they we just weren't busy. So, four or five o'clock in the morning, dude comes in, out of his mind, like his significant others with him and she's like, I don't know what happened. Like we were sleeping and he just woke up and just went nuts. Like started throwing things just out of the blue, just acting crazy. Well, it was four or five in the morning. He was sleeping. And he was naked and he's African-American and very musculature. And, uh, so we'd get him back to the cat scanner because we're like, well, you know, we got to make sure there's nothing going on. No bleeding or anything that would cause this acute, Change in status, so it's me and the CT tech <clears throat> that are back there with him. We get him in the cast scanner as we put him on the table. Dude comes to and starts fighting, and I mean, we're talking like fighting. So me and the CT tech jump on him because we're mm-hmm. trying to hold him down. It's just the two of us. It's five o'clock in the fucking morning. Like, there's no one else coming around. I jump on his abdomen. The CT tech kind of jumps on his chest and head, trying to kind of hold him down. Dude, Schlong is just beating me because he's naked and he's fighting us. And for whatever, I don't know where they came from. I don't know how they knew that there was a problem. I don't know what the hell was going on. But one of the paramedics ran in. With this nifty little device, and he shoved it in his nose, and he pushed the medicine in, and a minute later, he was back out. And I was like, "Oh, like what the hell was that?" And they're like, "That is the nasal atomizer, and that was Versed." I'm like, "That was the day that I learned how amazing the nasal atomizer was," as I was fighting a naked black dude on a CAT scan table.
0: Well. And I would like to point out to anybody that doesn't regularly work E.R. Um, they're always naked. They're right. always naked. Yeah, I, I don't care. I don't care who you are, man, woman, black, white. You know that. If if they are going to freak out, and usually if they're bleeding, they're also for some reason naked. Like I don't know what this phenomenon is, other than when the EMTs cut the clothes off if it's like a car wreck or something like that. Right. But. Even then, even then they don't normally come in butt naked. When they come in butt naked, trouble ensues. Like I have never had the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders come in naked and be like, Hey Tom, we're here to see you. Like that never that never happened. If somebody comes in and they're naked, something bad is gonna happen. Actually, so this is a story that involves Ben. It was uh, when Ben was in the ER nurse and I was a police officer. Mm-hmm. And we we were actually in a car chase. We were in a car chase. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not the initiating officer. I get into the line, though. I'm like two or three back. And, you know, we're calling out where we're at, speeds, et cetera, just like you see in the movies. You know, we're, we're going south on 16th, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, the lead guy, we had, we had a set of spike strips up ahead. And he actually called him off. He said, do not spike strip him. And I was like, okay, that seems really weird because, you know, we're driving 120 miles an hour down the street. This seems like the perfect time <laughs> to, to spike strip somebody. And he said, I think we're going to the hospital. All righty. And he, and he was right. I don't know what gut instinct he had, but he called it. We pulled up right to the ambulance bay doors. We get out. We figure out what's going on. Basically, there was a young lady in the back that had given birth and had bled a large amount of blood, apparently at the scene. And the neighbors helped out and just threw her in the back of a car. Instead of calling an ambulance, get her out to the ER. This is where Ben comes in. So the guy runs inside. We get the ER doctor outside. He's like, Hey, we need her inside. So we're wheeling a car, cotton stuff out to the car and I can see Ben's face. He's kind of puzzled, but oh, I remember this d- d- distinctly. And Ben's like, hey, go around to that side and get her feet and help me get her out to this cot. I was like, sure. So somehow I got the business end of all this. And I am, like I said, I, I yeah, I, I did not want to be in medicine at that point in my life. I had no interest in being in medicine. And I'm like, how did I get this? Like, oh, like, that was just terrible to me. And we got her onto the scot and got inside. And of course, Ben and the ER staff, God bless them, they saved her life and everything's a okay. But all I could remember after that was being so angry with Ben for the longest time. Like, the next time you grab their goddamn feet, I'm not going down anywhere near a person that's naked. And getting the business end of the deal. Like that's just not happening. You're not gonna fool Tom Shore twice.
1: Well, I made you angry with that one, and so there was one when you were a police officer and I was a nurse that you kinda you you kinda put me in my place a little bit. And I don't remember who the patient was. I mean the patient really doesn't matter. But the physician at the time, because the patient was in for some back problems, said, Hey, I want some Baclifone and we didn't have any in the ER. Now, Tom me Oh,
0: and, and Ben was not wanting to go get it. <laughs> Cause I do remember that yeah. it was not in the ER. Like you had to go up to pharmacy or something.
1: Yeah. Like we had to go up to a different floor to get it. And, and so, you know, I'm like, you know, there's other, you know, there are other things we can do, you know, just kind of him around. And, uh, Tom's like, no, you need to go get that. You need to do what you're told type thing. And so I kind of whip around and I'm like, tell you what, asshole, you tell me what baclofen is. Cause at this point he had no medical training. Wasn't even, I don't think he had aspirations of being a nurse maybe at that point. So if you tell me what baclofen is, I will walk my fat ass to the pharmacy myself and get it. And Tom didn't miss a beat. He's like, muscle relaxer. And so I walked my fat ass all the way to the pharmacy, pissed off at Tom, about the fact that he knew what a damn muscle relaxer was.
0: Well, and and to be completely fair, I kind of just got that off context. I think you questioned me later on, like, did the doctor tell you what it was? No, nobody had told me. I just took a shot in the dark, and man, I was so happy it worked out because the look on his face (laughs) – when he had to go and get that back, I think it was more the the indignation at being like, "Yeah, damn it." <laughs>
1: exactly what it was. It was like, "Oh," and so I hung my head and I walked to the pharmacy. Um, let's see, what else do I got here? How about this one, Tom? So this was actually when I was a provider. Had this elderly female come in and she had a peg tube, and she was adamant that this tube needed changed. I Now, this is a Saturday afternoon in a small rural ER. She's like, this page didn't need to change. It's leaking. And I'm like, mm, okay, well, I, I really can't do that in the ER. Well, you need to call a surgeon. Okay, well, um the surgeon was actually on a cruise at that point. Like, the, the surgeon is not in the country. Like, I can't just be like, hey, uh, you know. Granny Smith here needs a damn peg tube change. You need to come off the boat and come back here and change this.
0: I'm just saying on Grey's Anatomy, they would, though. On
1: Grey's Anatomy, they would, but no, this isn't Grey's Anatomy. So we. Uh, what? I know, but only some of that's true, you know, not all of it.
0: I have yet to make out with a bunch of hot doctors and nurses in broom closets. Me either. What's like, that? I'm still waiting for that. Me too. I don't know. So, so fit. So, finish,
1: and then we can talk about that bullshit here in a minute. <laughs> uh, so, I'm like, so I tell the nurse, I'm like, hey, go flush her tube and let's see if it's leaking. She flushes the tube. The tube flushes great. We change the dressing. And I said, okay, let's watch her for like 10 minutes. I'm going to run up to the store real quick and grab a drink. You just kind of keep an eye on her. So, I get to the store. And the nurse calls me. And she says, okay, she says it's leaking. I come back, and there's a spot on her shirt. Like water, like from where we you know had been flushed. And so it, it appeared that it was leaking until you investigated a, a tad further, and she was actually wearing two shirts. she was wearing an outer shirt and then she was wearing like an, you know an undershirt. The undershirt was not wet at all. It was just the outer shirt. So she had poured water on the outside of her shirt to make it look like her peg tube was leaking. So that I would call the surgeon off of his cruise to come change her tube. I told her, said, Well, we're going to flush it again and we're going to watch it. And she's like, No, no, you're not going to flush it anymore. I'm like, Well, then I guess you can uh, have a good day because we're kind of at a standstill now. And of course, she threatened to call the CEO on me. And I said, Well, make sure you saw my name right. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much the end of it. So even old ladies will try to scam you.
0: Oh no! I everybody it seems like tries to scam us. I've not had it happen too much now that I'm a provider in family medicine. Every once in a while, I've, I'll get it, but you know in the ER, I remember so many times that I would be talking to a patient and you know working as a police officer, being an army brat, being an ER nurse. I felt like I had a I feel like I do have a pretty good grasp on reading people, or at least getting a good initial impression. Right. I mean it's all that's all part of everything with those and <laughs> every time I'd be like talking to somebody and I'd be like, Okay, like God, this person really must be hurting and then they go and I always knew it. I always like, ah, oh, damn it. Always they'd be like, Well, I, I really like They always give me that one medicine, and I'm like, "Oh shit, here it it comes!"
1: Don't say it.
0: Yeah, don't say it. And it's if they would just say, "Hey, I've gotten allotted before, and it's pretty effective." I could actually be like, "Okay," like I think my brain would go, "All all right." But when they, what's that one? (laughs) Oh. Da. da da la da la, la da, 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 da yeah. something <laughs> <laughs> yes yes normasseline yeah. Um, yeah i know yeah i i just oh it's it's almost heartbreaking to me to have them do that because and i understand that there are some people that they're addicted or something like that but when you you think you have that person that is like okay. I am going to be able to help this person, and I am doing the right thing. And then they do that, hmm. you are like, "God damn it! Like, you, you had me hook, line, and sinker until you did that." Like if they would have just shut their mouth or said dilaudid, I would have walked out of like, "Hey, we need to give this person dilaudid; like they're hurting." Then they do that. Well,
1: see, they're you're just, just God. You it. just haven't been in practice long enough because once you are in it a little bit longer, you'll see. You'll be amazed at how frequently pills fall in the toilet, or they get stolen, or my car got broken into and the entire bottle was in the car, but that was the only one that they took. Let's see, what... I it to take, oh
0: so um, told, yeah, stole it. You know what I, I I have had, and this one was a really good one for me, was uh talking to them about, you know, some basic over the counter medications for their minor ailment that they had. And I was like, you know, you just take some Tylenol or ibuprofen. Oh, I can't take Tylenol can't take Tylenol, okay, well then just stick with the NSAIDs, yeah well, and they'll give you some wine here or there, and I was like, okay well, what have they treated it with before then, if, if you're Percocet what, uh, excuse me
1: <laughs> those of us who are medical now realize <laughs> the error of the <laughs> yeah. yeah, like,
0: and then my favorite is when you point out to them, like uh, there's there's Tylenol in that, they yeah, but not as much. I can take it if there's only a little Tylenol. <laughs> you just can't give me a lot of. You got to have the
1: oxycodone mixed into it, otherwise, it's not effective.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's the key. Yeah, you know, that was that. I, I just oh, people like oh, and I I know I I know the paramedics and all that. They get those good stories too. I just oh my goodness, just. I, I, don't, I don't get it. But back to something, though. I made a note. I want to get back to this. Um, television shows. Yes. Oh, my gosh. So I, I know at one point you, uh, Sam and I, at least I know for sure Sam and I, would watch certain shows that were supposed to be dramas, but we would watch them like comedies, <laughs> and then we would tweet each other the next day, or while the show was going on, like there was a show called... Um, Monday mornings. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? I didn't remember. Yeah. Monday, I had to remember that? Oh, okay. So you may, we may not have had you in on that group text then, but like Sam and I would just be texting each other during the show. And it was like our way to unwind. It was like our soap opera, but like our comedy soap opera. Cause like he would like shine a flashlight like, for, like, a tenth of a second in each eyeball, and be like, this person has a glioblastoma. I'm like, god damn! Like, <laughs> this guy is good. <laughs> he can diagnose a brain tumor with a penlight. Like, holy shit! Why, you know, and we wonder why people have these far-fetched under or uh, ideas and non-understanding of how medicine works, but Ving Ames can do it with a penlight.
1: He looked at his fingernails and he knew that he had Ilioma.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> or uh, uh, the other one. Oh, my God. Uh, what is that? Night shift. Oh, my God. My wife actually
1: likes night shift. She doesn't, she doesn't.
0: Oh, sweet Jesus.
1: You can text her about that. Later. Sweet. Yeah, no, like she. I, I'm pretty sure she. that was one of the ones that she really liked.
0: Oh, my God. She so I watched that pure. Go ahead. No. Okay. I, I watched that purely to laugh.
1: See, now, and I think she doesn't look at it like we do, even though she's a nurse. Like, it bugs her to sit and watch medical shows with me, because I'll be like, yeah, that's not right. Yeah, that's not right either. Uh, Yeah, they're not doing that right. Like, can they not get a damn medical consultant on these shows? Like, somebody who can be like, hey, perhaps that's not the way that that's supposed to look. Or perhaps we should not try to use IV tubing in their nose. You know, things like that, it's like
0: yes um the two shows I saw that were I, I don't want to say they were accurate I don't want anybody bitching at me because I said it was accurate the two most accurate shows were ER right. and they great actually show. yeah great show and Michael Crichton was a physician the guy who initially wrote it and they also kept a staff of a, a surgeon and ER doctor around for writing and while they're shooting the show to try and give them some realism and two, and I know people are going to laugh
1: scrubs. (laughs)
0: Um, like clearly the show was not accurate, but when they would actually talk about like the diagnosis for the patient in general, it's been fairly accurate. Like I remember one episode in particular, he was like, well, we're going to have to go see the hematopathologist about this. And I was like, Holy shit. Uh, you would actually probably need to go see him a pathologist for this. So I was like, "Oh my god!" I mean, it, it was pretty awesome. Versus Grey's Anatomy, again, back prior to any medical training, I was, uh, I, I, you know, my wife says she listens to this, but we're going to find out here in a second because uh. this was pre her. Um, I think it's bullshit. I think she just tells me that to try and make me happy. I don't think she fucking listens to a word I say. Though she has been trying to suggest um, some topics, so maybe I'm gonna have to we're gonna have to do a show a Megan show. But I'm just saying pre Megan, um, I dated a young lady who really liked Grey's Anatomy, and I forced myself for one episode to sit next to her on the couch while she watches Godforsaken shit show. And I just remember uh, Doctor who's a black dude gets shot. Okay. The other doctor, other doc- but it was like in the shoulder. Okay. And that plays a part because um, Patrick Dempsey, doctor, is a neurosurgeon. Yes. I, well, I think he was. Oh, I'm pretty sure he's a neurosurgeon. Yeah. And um, he's doing the operation. And I look over at her, I'm like, I, I thought he was a brain doctor. She's like, but he is, but that's his friend. I'm like, I don't think that's really how surgery works. I don't think you need to just pick what you're going to operate on that day. But I was like, okay. And then, (laughs) while he's doing the surgery, he starts talking to the dude and have him, like, doing, like, a finger dexterity test. And I literally stood up and I was like, done. And just, like, walked out of the room. I was like, oh, my God. Between that and every show, somebody is banging somebody.
1: Which is, Where?
0: Yeah, I, so I guess, like I said, we're going to find out if my wife listens or not. I don't have – where are all these nurses and doctors hooking up? I, I, it hasn't happened to me. Zero times has someone said, Tom, let's go to an on-call room and, and shack up because uh, I would actually go in there just to be like, hey, that happened to me one time. Like, I wouldn't do anything with them, but I would go in the room and be like, So are we in here? Are we going to hook up? She's going to be like, yeah. And I'm like, that's so hot. I got to go now because I'm married. (laughs) But thank you. And I walk out of the room. But it still has never happened. And I am just getting really frustrated because of that bullshit. It's the same thing when I was a police officer. CSI. I hate CSI. I fucking hate CSI. I don't know what terrible name CSI could be, but if I could think of something real quick like cunt snackers international i don't know what i'd call that show but it is terrible okay and i will tell you <laughs> I think I know that show, show okay like one of the first things i remember <laughs> as a police officer is lived in a very windy area old lady calls for a theft report yeah. and i get there and it is still by the way wind was still blowing 30 mile an hour gust easy And I'm, like, walking up to this house, getting the hell beat out of me by the wind and a little bit of rain. And she's like, somebody stole my trash can lids. What? She's like, don't worry. I didn't touch anything, so you could get DNA. And I was like, look, lady, we don't really do that for, like, stabbings. I'm not going to (laughs) – like, I could give a shit less about your DNA. And it was the wind, not a burglar I walked over, picked up the trash can lids, and then put them back on the goddamn trash can. But that's my point. People watch this crap, and then they think that's what we do. They watch police shows, and they think everything's going to be done in one hour. Or they watch a medical show where instead of 75% of people passing away when you're in a cardiac arrest, 99% of them live. It's just bleh. I cannot stand that. So I think we've all had some story. I mean, I have literally dealt with people and they said, "Well, I saw on television." I my like I get forced Whitaker. eye, like my one eye starts twitching and closing yeah. up. I just stare at him. Oh my god. I just Oh, it's just terrible. And I'm sure I would love to see that if there's anything people send us stories about. It's that. I want to hear that. Well, on CSI or on, you know, Grey's Anatomy, like, oh my God, it's just terrible. It's like, it's soul beating. Like, I just don't you know, like, oh my God, did you just say that to me? Ugh,
1: so terrible. I have one more funny story, and this is not one I talked to you about earlier. Um, I was working in ER as a provider, and the nurse was uh, outside, you know, checking the external temperature and uh, doing a uh, breathing treatment, so to speak. Um and
0: True Smoking yes, thank you. Uh,
1: this car comes flying in to the ambulance bay and this dad and like he was probably fifties, kid was probably twenties. They come in and they're they're just beat to hell. And we're like, Okay, so we get them in and the dad's refusing treatment. No, I don't wanna be seen, you know, just fix my son up. Okay. Come to find out, I don't know what the hell kind of party they were at, or what the, what was going on, but it was like Fight Club between fathers and sons, because like the two guys who kicked their ass were another father son. And so I get the son all sutured up, get him ready to go. The dad is bleeding from lacerations, and I'm like, dude, you want me to sell you, you? know, you want to check in? I can sew No, no, I'll be fine. I'm gonna sew it up myself. Okay. So they leave and, uh, well, first off, he asked if I can give him suturing material. No, hell no. (laughs) So he's like, okay, okay. And they're obviously intoxicated. Uh, So they leave. He comes back like 20 minutes later. He had tried to take like a sewing needle and thread and, and sew his own laceration up and couldn't get past the pain roadhouse (laughs) right and uh so even then about 20 minutes later we sewed him up and he was good to go but yeah people are just odd sometimes you know
0: and and some of it isn't just television that made me think of something er um young man bad bad laceration i mean bad bad laceration and tendons and everything are showing in the back of his hand and through his wrist and I'm like oh man this is terrible the whole time though I'm in there with him I'm just getting the smell and I'm like what is going on and I don't mean like body odor or something I'm just like but it's like chemical and I'm like what is going on and I'm in there the dad's in there the kid's doing great the kid's taking us like a champ right and I'm talking to him you know trying to maintain professional bearing be calm, cool collect we're talking and all of a sudden the dad's like yeah don't worry I helped out I was like okay what'd you do he's like as soon as I saw that cut I pour kerosene on it. <laughs> I, 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 I seriously, to this day, have never looked up what that is supposed to help. But I am sure the look on my face clearly expressed what I had to say. And I, I tried not to demean him in front of his son, but I was like, first of all, don't ever do that again. <laughs> and two, now I'm thinking, what kind of hazmat situation am I going to have? Because this kid's now covered in kerosene. You know, I was like, oh my God, we've got to step him to surgery. It, it, it turned into a mess. But people do stuff like that. I mean, And part of that's what makes me love my job, is hearing these stories and, and dealing with this stuff. But in the back of my head, I'm still going, who the hell told this guy that was a good idea? Like, I, yeah, it, it's no. fantastic and terrible all at the same time.
1: I have taken care of a family in the ER, and they use kerosene for lice.
0: Dead lice. Wow. No. Well, I mean, if you set it on fire, I guess that takes care of the lice.
1: There was no fire, but, uh, yeah. Anyway.
0: Well, I... Well, no, I got one more. I got one more, and I've got to fit this in because my wife, when I told her the subject matter tonight, really wanted me to throw this in there um, because it involves her. Okay. And we had fortunate, unfortunate, because maybe that's why I didn't get my greatest anatomy moment. I don't know because she worked in the same hospital as me, and we were – and for people that haven't heard before, my wife is a respiratory therapist and ER, and a person comes in. And we are hooking them up to stuff. And I was actually at the head of the bed, but behind where the flow meters were. And I looked over and I could see a green nozzle. And I hooked the oxygen tube up to it, blah, blah, blah. And we're doing our stuff. And this person is slowly desatting. Now, nowhere dangerous. It's just like, what the hell is going on? You know, we got them on.
1: Clearly that's a problem, right?
0: Yeah. Clearly the oxygen level is going down. And not going up. And I'm like, wow, what's going on? I was like, hey, call respiratory. Blah, blah, blah. And I go tell the doc. Doc's Mm -hmm. like, cool. Let me know what happens.
1: Page respiratory stat. They have things in their pockets.
0: They have things in their pockets. They can fix this. (laughs) And I'm standing there. And as a matter of fact, I think I was training a new nurse. And all of a sudden, I hear a voice that I clearly recognize because it was my wife. And going, well, who the hell hooked this up? And I turn around. And I'm like, me. Well, let me, let me back that up. She goes, who the hell hooked this up? Because you know that bright yellow thing that says air, that's not going to give you a lot of oxygen. So who the hell did this? At which point I sheepishly put up my hand and was like, that would be me. And, and she just gave me this look because I would like to point out to people, as my wife being a respiratory therapist, and most of her friends are clearly respiratory therapists, I go out of my way. Especially when training new ER nurses, or I did before I was a nurse practitioner, to say, hey, make sure you're doing these things correctly when we're talking about respiratory, you know, methods. And uh, there I was. And later on, my wife goes, I wouldn't have bitched so much because she goes, I would have never thought you would have done that. (laughs) And I was like, it's not my fault. Where I was standing, I saw green. You know, I put it on the correct, but somebody put a green tree on the bottom of a yellow flow meter. And so all I saw was green. But still, I should have double checked. That's on me. And nobody's life was in danger. Doctor was informed of what happened. Blah blah. Everybody was fine. But
1: at still, it suction, I guess right. It, do what? At least it wasn't suction, I guess right.
0: Well, yeah, it's better than suction. Though, if you look at the television shows, if you run out of like ET tubes, apparently you can just use a Yonker. Yeah, works great. I mean, I mean, yeah, for for innovation. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Do what?
1: I mean, you probably use it for a catheter too.
0: That's just me. <laughs> like, like, my brain just stopped. I, like, oh. I
1: wish they could see your face, and maybe one of these times, <laughs> once, if the show continues to take off, we'll, uh, we'll get to videotape this as we do it, because, yeah, Tom's face just then was, <laughs> like, you could see his brain just, the brakes slammed on, and it was like, Damn, if, wait a minute, what?
0: Yeah, If if the show takes off, mm. well... You know, Thanksgiving's coming up. Maybe I can berate a couple more cousins into listening to this or something. That would be great. So, since we were talking about the show taking off and stuff like that, why don't you tell the people one more time, Ben, where they can find us on social media so they can help us out and spread the word?
1: Well, you can find us a multitude of places on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at Just Some Podcast. Or you can find us on the website, com. And like Tom mentioned earlier, we do have the stories that you may have missed. We have links to them there. So if you want to read more about those, they're on the website. Or you can email us. Email us your stories. Email us your funny stuff. It's cool. We'll throw it on the show. Heck, we may, you know, take a short time to interview you and play that soundbite. I know there's uh, several nurse practitioners and several groups that Tom and I are in that are just eagerly anticipating getting on the show. Uh, So admin at just com. podcast.com.
0: Yeah. um, Some of the stuff I have seen has been very interesting. I'm not going to lie. I've never seen so much interest in breast augmentation in my life as I've seen in some of those conversations and people that want to discuss it. And I got to be honest, this is a research project I can get behind just throwing that out there.
1: I would probably prefer to get in front of it, but Hey, whatever. Um, (laughs) so you know you you said wrist augmentation surgery very rarely am i speechless doesn't happen very often i mean usually i have a quick comeback for something one of the work workers where i uh, in the office that i work in now we were discussing bmi and body weight and such and you know she was concerned she was overweight and of course i'm like no you're not overweight whatever like you're not overweight and she rattles off the weight of her breast and I'm like, Oh really? Now, how do you know that? And she's like, cause I paid for him to be put in and I know exactly how much was put into him. And I went, uh, Oh, okay. I had nothing. Like, what do you say to that?
0: Oh, you don't say anything because there's no response. Yeah, there's no response. That's going to be good. All right. That's why you don't say anything. And I would just like to point out when women think that's all men do is like stare at them. No, trust me. There's plenty of times you could completely fool me. I'm not that dedicated to it. However, as far as research for, you know, a future show, um, I think a couple of the NPs know who we're talking to. Uh, let us know if, if we're going to c- continue the show.
1: When Kathy and Melissa,
0: I think I could be wrong. They were, no, Kathy and Melissa, uh, if you girls are listening, we expect a big like on the page after this. Those were the, the first two, but I think after they started talking about it, it seemed like every time I'd get a Facebook notification, it was somebody else saying, well, I want to talk to somebody on that show. And I'm like, God damn, that's a, that's a lot of uh, interest all of a sudden in breast augmentation. So you know what? I am actually all for that. Maybe Maybe if we get enough people saying, oh, I really want to hear about that. We'll do that.
1: Uh, yeah. We may have to wait until we get the video capability.
0: yeah. On that note, we're going to find out real quick if our wives actually do listen to the show.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe in trouble for that one.
0: <laughs> but uh, no, Ben, I, I had a lot of fun. I hope people share information with us. And honestly, guys, we did mostly the funnier or ones that you know, came to mind stories tonight, but I think we all have plenty of those stories that, you know, touch your heart. And I know I do, especially from when I worked ICU in a setting where you really get to know the patients and their families, you know, not everything's in and out like it is in the ER. So if, if you have the funny stories, if you have the ones that touch your heart or you have the ones that it's cathartic for you to tell them, send it to us, send it to us. And, you know, we've been there, Yeah, you know, Ben and I, and, we, we want to hear what you guys have to say. So, um, And that includes our non-medical, because I know for a fact we have several listeners yeah, no. uh, that are non-medical. If you were the patient, if your family member was the patient, tell us those stories. We want to hear
1: them. Wow, Tom, that was genuine and heartfelt. Um...
0: It happens every once in a while. Like that scene in The Grinch where his heart gets uh, three sizes too small, mine gets like one size bigger for just a minute at a time.
1: And now we're back.
0: and <laughs> <laughs> back to baseline. Thank you very much, people. But
1: no, actually, you know what? This was a, a fun episode. Um, with the yeah. holiday coming up, and you know, maybe we need to do another one, just kind of reminiscing on stuff. Especially people send them in, you know, around the Christmas time, era time, just because we'll be busy with the family and everything else. So, send us your stories. Maybe we'll come up with think of some more. Um, shout out to Christine. With her podcast, Anecdotes Stories in Medicine, again on Twitter at Anecdotes Pod, um, I listened to it, and that's kind of what inspired us to do this. She is a former paramedic, nurse practitioner now, and told some cool stories. So we thought we would try to tell some cool stories too. Although it probably doesn't live up to the stories she told, but
0: yeah, you know, we we gave it a shot. I don't know. I feel like I'm like the maverick of like nurse practitioners. Everything I do is super cool. So. And that
1: whole grandiose thinking again. See you guys? Right there.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I want to know what the DSM on that is. So, Ben, I think it was a good show. I had a lot of fun. I hope we do one again soon. But I am ready to get off of here.
1: Yeah, this is Ben signing off. Everybody have a great week.